All right, it's November 9th, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit podcast, and I'm here to talk about today's random comic. And today's pick for my collection is Strange Tales number 141, published by Marvel Comics. Original publication date was February 1966, so this is probably the oldest one I've done so far. 24 pages with a cover price of a whopping 12 cents. And this is the the era of Strange Tales where it was two stories in one issue. The first story was Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the second story was Doctor Strange. Let's see, the first story, the Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. was Operation Brain Blast. And this was, let's see, written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Frank Giacoa, and lettered by Sam Rosen. And I should say that this this issue overall was edited by Stan Lee. He was also the editor-in-chief at the time, and the cover artist was Jack Kirby. In Operation Brain Blast, this picks up from the last issue where... Hydra agents are being rounded up by S.H.I.E.L.D. after an assault on the Hydra, uh, the Hydra base that they're at. And the <laughs> the incredibly shirtless Nick Fury, Dum Dum Dugan, Gabriel Jones, and a woman who is, uh, she's Hydra, but I guess she helped S.H.I.E.L.D. infiltrate and take down Hydra. She's wearing a Hydra uniform. She's just called Agent G. They're they're trying to, like I said, they're they're rounding up all the uh, Hydra goons and they're looking for the the man called Imperial Hydra, who's kind of the big boss. They have to use a bazooka drill to break through a steel door that leads to the building above where Imperial Hydra escaped to. That's uh, that's Gabe Jones's his specialty. He comes up with the bazooka drill that has five enormous diamond tips on it so he starts tearing up that door meanwhile imperial hydra who whose name is revealed to be arnold brown hesitates with his finger over a button that would destroy the entire the entire base below him because he realizes that his daughter who is also agent g would also be killed in the blast all of a sudden two hydra agents bust in who had been stationed in the building above the base and they're you know trying to escape the uh, the shield roundup they see they see imperial hydra who is actually he doesn't look like imperial hydra right now he's in his civvies so he looks like just plain old arnold brown who is just a you know a middle-aged gentleman they think he's just a normal guy so they they pull their guns to kill him and he's he's trying to tell them no i'm your boss i'm imperial hydra and you know despite his claims that he's their leader they they totally kill him they're like no you look too normal and imperial hydra's like you guys i was wearing a robe that was padded and i was wearing shoes that made me look taller and they're like nah bro you're dead and they kill arnold brown aka imperial hydra and then they escape they they go out the window they use these 
vacuum shoes, which essentially lets them walk down the side of a building. So uh, Fury and the rest of the uh, the agents of Shield and the other characters dash in. Agent G finds her father's body, and she finds a another set of vacuum shoes. Fury decides, you know, he says, "Well, you know, I'm going to throw those on, and I'm going to go after these the guys that killed Imperial Hydra." Agent G says, "Well, maybe I should test them out first. You know, Fury decides, go ahead, and he essentially lets her escape. You know, under the the ruse of, you know, oh, she's just going to test these and walk out the side of the building. She keeps on walking, and everyone's like, they're like, Nick, what are you doing? You're gonna, you know, you're gonna take the heat for this one, and he's like, ah, I don't care. So again, the shirtless Fury hops in a, some flying car, returns to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. Once there, he is unwittingly part of an experiment conducted by the newly created ESP division of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's just literally walking down the hall, and he gets brain blasted as a as Nick, uh, kind of a test or kind of a... They wanted to show Nick what they could do. Thousands of miles away, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent is rudely and violently awoken as he senses the telepathic minds behind Operation Brain Blast. The man then uses his mind to locate a prisoner called the Fixer, who is using his talents to break out of jail. The, this man, who is uh, still unnamed, realizes that if he were to hook up with the Fixer, and if they worked together as a team, they'd be able to rule the world, because why not? Back at S.H.I.E.L.D., it's explained that the whole reason for Operation Brain Blast is that they're trying to find a defense against mind readers, and Fury is informed about the ex-S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and the power he has. So that's that's referring to the guy that we just saw in the last scene, who turns out to be... I mean, it's, it's not revealed in this issue, but he looks like Mentallo, who is a, you know, he's a, turns out to be an eventual Marvel villain. So I think this was the first appearance of Mentallo and the first appearance of the Fixer, although he doesn't really look like the Fixer just yet. He is still, looks like a, just a normal prisoner. So that was the end of that story. The second story in this issue is Let There Be Victory, written by Stan Lee, penciled by Steve Ditko, also inked by Steve Ditko, and lettered by Artie, uh, Artie Simek. This takes place during a battle between Doctor Strange and Dormammu. Dormammu is furious that Baron Mordo would interfere in a battle between Strange and himself, and he banishes Mordo. Mordo is just trying to help. He, you know, he clocked Strange from behind, hoping to that Dormammu would win and he would gain favor with Dormammu. But Dormammu was just angry. You know, how dare you interfere type of thing. So Doctor Strange kind of recovers from his, his getting uh, blindsided by, by Mordo. And he resumes his combat against Dormammu. A fight that Doctor Strange actually wins after uh, you know many pages of of uh, supernatural combat. After his defeat, Doctor Strange forces Dormammu to never turn his power against the Earth, a vow that Dormammu begrudgingly accepts. Returning to the Ancient One's cave on Earth, Doctor Strange and the Ancient One are 
later contacted by Dormammu. How many times can I say Dormammu in this in this episode? Who forces him to watch helplessly as he banishes Clea to another dimension. I should mention in this in this book in this issue, Clea look her hair like I know she has white hair, but the way it's drawn, it looks like it's shaving cream. Like it just looks like someone took shaving cream and just made a shaving cream design, swirly design on her head. So Dormammu banishes Clea to another dimension. Strange's immediate reaction is, I've got to save Clea. But the Ancient One turns his attention to more earthly matters and says, look, as long as she, she's safe as long as we actually don't do anything because Clea is the only, uh, the only leverage that Dormammu has. So the Ancient One, you know, he, he fixes his attention on something else, namely those that are tainted by Mordo's black magic. And he sends Dr. Strange back to his sanctum to prepare for the coming battles. Before Strange arrives, however, uh, minions of Baron Mordo broke into the sanctum and planted an explosive device within his home, hoping that the, that the non-mystical device would not be detected and would destroy Dr. Strange. And that's all for Strange Tales number 141 and for this episode of Daily Spinner Rack. Make sure to visit every day for a new review of a random back issue from my collection. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.